Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Time Wars Live. We're exploring the digital revolution, the way it's changing every facet of our lives, how we do business, how we work together, and this big area of talent, the sort of jobs people have, the roles they're getting into, and how companies are trying to ensure that in this war for talent, they're able to come out on the winning end. And so one of our monthly guests, <clears throat> who's an expert in this field, is Fat, Pat Fitzgerald. He's the CEO at Career Ave. Patrick, great to have you back. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live. Thanks, Bob. Great to be back with you again. Good to see you. Pat, thanks. So, uh, Pat, I would imagine that over the last uh, month or so, nothing has changed, right? Co companies are still, you know, uh, enthusiastically, aggressively, uh, compulsively looking for the best talent they can find to fill traditional roles, but also some of the new roles that are popping up inside organizations. It's very busy right now. The market is, is huge again, which is very exciting and also challenging. As you know, we're all competing for the same talent. There are a lot of new roles, especially around customer success and how that's evolving, <clears throat> certainly within the cloud space. So yeah, it's going to be a very interesting year, especially around you know, what kind of roles that really will be created uh, as we continue to evolve. Yeah. And Pat, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about today was executive recruitment, right? So recruitment important at all levels, but you've got some particular thoughts about, you know, what's going on with the, at the top level of companies today where, uh, again, I guess that demand that you've described is probably, you know, strongest. Huge, huge. And, and what we're seeing in the market, Bob, which I think is really exciting is, is that companies are really getting the, the reality of the, the talent, the people. Uh, creating new roles. We're, we've seen it over the last year or more, chief people officers, chief talent officers, chief learning officers. Uh, there's so much uh, interest at this point in certainly talent. And as we both, as we talked last time, I think every company is going to be challenged with virtual employees. This year is going to be an interesting mix of how much of it's really going to stay virtual versus kind of go back in house. And so because of it, that chief people officer, chief talent officer, chief learning officer roles, I think have key components and key roles in really where the future grows around the development of companies and ultimately, you know, their success within the marketplace. Hey, Pat, it may be not a fair question, but um, would, you, would you hazard a guess, you know, what you just described there about these development programs? you know, across the board, are half of the companies doing it right? A third, do, do you have a, would you guess at that? That's a good question. I suspect that <clears throat> these roles are, the, the roles are maybe more figurehead today than they ultimately will be this year. I, I think the question is how many of those talent leaders really understand the cradle to grave approach to attraction assessment and development? And we can talk a little bit uh, in my area of comfort, the executive side, but it permeates right down into professional and, and frankly, to be honest with you, Bob, even more so in early talent and university recruiting today. Yeah, and Pat, well, that's interesting how you describe that because if a company sort of has this split personality, like, right, like we're good at uh, cradle to grave consistency for, upper management and executives, but we're not as good on the other end, won't, that'll reveal itself, right? I mean, the, you, it you does. can't have it. 
Yeah, and and what it what it does is it reveals itself in culture. There are companies out there I've mentioned before that have this generic employer branding. Many companies today struggle with that, and they they spend a ton of money in marketing around employer branding. But then there are those rare companies out there um, that that just do it by instinct and and by nature. And I think that also helps the whole development process. It's about developing talent, it let, more so today and in the future than it has ever been, I believe. Yeah. And Pat, the, uh, what's your sense of how CEOs are aware of this and how much they're trying to you know, step forward and you know, be the advocates for this to become a, a deep ingrained part of the culture? Well, I think there's a growing consultancy out there, Bob, around talent consulting. Um, but I'm not entirely sure yet that those consultants are really guiding those CEOs. My experience is, especially with those that you and I know very well, that they want to leave a legacy of true talent, right? Bill talked about it all the time. I know Larry does also. And many of the corporate executives that you and I have worked for over the years certainly talk about it. There are those that just by nature do it instinctively. Um, but I do believe that the CEOs really aren't necessarily seeing the big picture because I, I personally do not believe, you know, that this cradle to grave, and I know that's not politically correct, but the cradle to grave approach to talent uh, is really fully understood. And I think it's a huge opportunity in the consultancies that we're going to see grow this year. There's going to be a, a lot of new businesses that we're going to see come out of this, this topic this year, I believe. So Patrick, if it's not, uh, fully understood. Where's the where's the hangup? What are people not getting about that well, end-to-end -end approach? Yeah, and I think we talked a little bit about CHROs last session, and I think the CHRO in in many companies and in many industries, and this is across all industries, not just the tech world, but are still segmented. Right? There's the HR business partners. There's talent acquisition. There's compensation. There's learning and development. In the model that I'm suggesting, you tie a few of those together under the chief talent or chief people officer. So they're no longer separate. They're actually under one direct leader. I'll take executive recruiting. Let's just carve that out for this conversation. But it, it, it continues down into all of talent acquisition. In today's world, we've talked about this, Bob, talent acquisition over the last several years has been shifted more to a shared service model. And it's losing that personal touch, that contact and that network. So take it out of shared service, move it to true chief people and become a market driven approach, an active recruiting model versus a passive recruiting model. But then if you take again, just executive for this to, to keep this conversation simple, if you take executive recruiting with talented exec recruiters that know their marketplace, that know competitive intelligence, that have talent intelligence, TI behind them, and, and are able to really go out and identify and attract. But if you tie it together with a formalized assessment program, doesn't matter that, and you and I know in today's market, there's some phenomenal assessment programs. There's a lot out there. There's some of the old school ones. We've used many of them. The big search firms have some really good assessment programs, but tie a formalized assessment program into then succession planning and then formalized leadership development as one formal process, not three segmented processes as it is in the past. Yeah. 
Pat, I want to come back to that in just a second. But first, if I could take a moment for a word from our sponsor, BMC. BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. So, Pat, now I'm not in any sense a talent expert or a you know, a, a CHRO expert, but it seems to me what you just described there, why wouldn't any big company have all those three pieces tied together for something as important, you know, as, you know, executive development, executive uh, enhancement, executive recruiting, right? You invest so much time and energy and effort, and money up front, and then, you know, you take a certain risk to bring somebody like this on board. Wouldn't you want to really streamline all those pieces to give that person and your company the very best chance to, to harness the full potential of that individual? And Bob, it's a great question. My suspicion is it has a lot more to do with budget than we realize. So for instance, I think a lot of companies, especially that I know and work with, have some form of an assessment tool, an account executive assessment tool. There's, there's plenty of them. But what a lot of companies are doing, they're falling prey to the social recruiting model, which is it's a knockout process in the, uh-huh. you know, in the candidate uh, uh, assessment side. Uh, that's, th- that can be used properly, but if you really look at a formalized assessment tool that you use both externally for all candidates in the, in the interview, finalist interview cycle, and the internal executives, so that when you're really using the same tool, and all this hinges heavily upon the right assessment tool. And as I say, there are, there are several out there that you and I know both that are brilliant at this. But if you use the assessment tool in the early stage and you evaluate your, your high potentials, let's just take high potentials at all levels, middle management, individual contributor, all the way up to executive. And you bring in that assessment company and you actually have them assess the high potentials within your company, get a... Um, a bearing on your culture, then you set the, you can establish the assessment tool for hiring because now you're assessing against culture and scale and clock speed and all of the harder components to assess beyond the job description. Yeah. Um, Patrick, as you're describing that, you know, partly because of what you're talking about there and pulling that big picture together, but also because the time of year it is, right? Uh, Springtime, baseball, all that. Um, I, I kept having this thought of, remember this quote, there was a baseball player 10, 15 years ago named Jose Canseco. And he had some phenomenal years, I think with Oakland, but uh, I don't think he took as good a care of himself as he perhaps could have. And he bounced around a lot, he got signed up by one team but he was sort of dogging it through spring training and they ended up, this team cut him. And at a press conference, somebody said, I was saying, what happened? And he said, I didn't know I was going to be evaluated on my performance. So (laughs) I guess he thought his, you know, his body of work over some number of years would just carry him forward perpetually. And Pat, I, I just want to tie that back with what you're saying. I companies, Again, they make this huge investment in a person. Mm-hmm. They're, they're expecting that person to achieve at a certain level and do stuff. And the, 
the inability of that person to do so is going to have a bad impact on the company. So to put, I mean, we've all got to work within budgets, but it just seems to me like, again, you've got to drag some of these ideas about, you know, what the role of talent is, what the uh, responsibility and the, the authority of somebody like a chief people officer, a CHRO, to be able to push these things through. And I guess, Pat, in some ways, shame on the CEO or the board of directors and the executive management team that don't start to recognize this is this is not a nice to have right this is a this is a company maker or breaker it really is in today's market especially with the market growing back like it is right now so robust and everyone hunting for the same type of talent now's the time to really go out and become a brand a glass door premier company that really allows for talent to continue to develop now that, I mean, you talk about it, you know, very wisely, Bob, around the fact that the CEO sets the tenor of the company. And I think a lot of times these CEOs don't fully appreciate, you know, the, the, the components that, are, that they're asking for, or maybe they have the wrong people that are actually only implementing certain components or certain pieces of it, not the whole life cycle of it. Um, as a good example, if you go back to assessment, you take, you, you know your culture because of the assessment. Now you assess everyone coming in the door. Then you take that assessment and hand it over to the chief learning officer. And that learning officer sits down with that new executive or new middle manager and actually creates crafts, a, a personalized training program against strengths and weaknesses, not generic. Right. Yeah. Or, or leaving it up to me, the candidate. So I get hired. I love the company. And then they say, here's all these distance learning programs. Well, I'm just naturally going to migrate to the ones that I understand versus the ones that challenge my weaknesses. The learning officer has a more definitive role today in being able to architect and then and then, frankly, execute a formalized learning program to better that executive as they move young executive or individual contributor as they move up the ranks. And then legacy of that CEO is is that that CEO in today's marketplace is known and that company is known for developing and, and, ex, and expanding talent and creating the next CEOs in the marketplace, which you and I have talked about many times. Yeah. Pat, I, again, I, I'm not trying to be overly harsh about this, but that just seems it's, it's nuts, right? Uh, and it, we're, it, this is uh, in microcosm what, how we describe a company that is sort of living in the 20th century and trying to do business in the digital economy. You've got four or five uh, adjacent but disconnected departments. Yeah. That, uh, and the person sort of bounces from one into another and he goes into the second one and they say, okay, tell me your life story. Well, didn't so-and-so tell you what? No, 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 I don't know anything about it. Start, you know, where did you go to school? You know, right. and, and then the next one, the next one. So that person's going to start to think, okay, you know, uh, I made a bad decision. I, I got to get the hell out of this place because they don't know what they're doing. And the inefficiency of that, you know, sort of bumping things along where each of those contiguous departments doesn't understand the larger thing. It's almost like a talent supply chain that is, that is yeah. fractured. But that's the way it was always in the past. And again, it's not a fault. It's just now the evolution of the of the knowledge that we've had, over, particularly over the last three to five years where the marketplace has changed dramatically. Now is the time for us to really take a good, you know, good look at that and, and really define what the recruiter does 
in the early stage around the recruiter knowing the company's culture, management style, succession planning, weaknesses for the future, market intelligence. That recruiter then, you know, he or she is able to really do better assessments, bring more qualified candidates through the cycle. Those qualified candidates get to final interview and then the assessment is given, whatever the program is that they use. There are plenty out there that are brilliant. The assessment's given. The assessment is used as, as, an, as not a, a yes or no. It's used as another interview, right? Another talking point in the interview cycle. The hire is made. Then that assessment is given over to the HR business partner and the learning officer. The business partner starts to set up succession management programs around where this person's going to grow. And then the learning partner takes over the, yeah. the education program so that these people can then become high potentials or get on the president's award list, not just because of their, their successes in the job, but because of the scalability that they bring and how to develop into to true leaders in the future. Yeah, sort of... Uh... Pat, like you, you talked about clock speed, right? You know, how fast in today's, you know, hyper accelerated market can somebody get up to speed on the new things and yeah. become productive? Yeah. Wow. But I think, so, I think the, the, peak, the, the weakness is, is that a lot of companies talk about talent and development, but they don't have formalized succession programs. They don't have formalized annual evaluation programs for their particular leaders. Now, you can define it at the, you know, depending upon the legality within each state, but you can define it for individuals, for high potentials, you can define it for all management. And, and ultimately the cost isn't that expensive if you're really doing it, you know, across the board. Uh, and, and the asset and the, and the benefit you get from that cost about the future predictability and future scalability of each of those talents within the company. And then, and then going back to generic branding, then those talents get out into the marketplace and now we're all very socially adept. Yeah. They're out there talking about, hey, I just had this formalized evaluation. Now they're out there branding their company as being this really amazing opportunity for people to come to. And that yeah. changes branding also. Yeah. Okay, Pat. And I know I, I've asked this question in a couple of different forms earlier, but you just tick this thing off, right? You know goes from here connects to that to this to this to this great experience those people become ambassadors for your company out in the market evangelists uh, you know brand builders and all it's great why doesn't every company do that that's a good question i suspect that there's a lack of awareness that this is a piece that, you know, a future for where we are expecting, you know, all these companies. I, and I also suspect that, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of consultants out there that are talking about talent and talent assessment, but they don't necessarily promote the next phase, right? Not just assessment, but development and succession and all of the other components. And I think as these consultancies mature and companies embrace them more, then we're going to get more of that whole life cycle approach to it. Uh, I know there's plenty of companies, as you and I both know, Bob, there are plenty of companies out there that know this and are trying to implement it. 
They may not necessarily have the right people doing it. They may not have created the right role. The chief learning officer will also have to have someone that's owns succession management, that owns high potentials, because those are massive opportunities that can create scale. And I don't know if we've even yet defined some of these roles for the future. So, um, Pat, I'm going to propose something here, and I'm putting you on the spot. It's unfair and all that. I understand it, but. Um, what about what how about if you devise Fitzgerald's formula right okay. and this would be you know put it into uh you know uh alphanumeric thing here that people could put down on their boards how you know pulls those different factors together uh, okay. because that in these times when you know from the ceo and everybody on the you know, talent is our most important thing and people are our most important asset now and yet they don't live it and we're not going to snap back to a time where what you've laid out here is no right. longer relevant. And I think with each passing month or quarter that companies don't sort of jump aboard this, they're going to fall farther and farther behind their competitors or there would be competitors. They're just not going to be able to do this. And as those voices of those uh, brand evangelists get out there in the market, talking more and more about the companies that are getting this right, the gap is going to grow. So, uh, I think you've, as as usual, Pat, you've put together a, something that's highly logical. And I, I don't mean to be critical of the companies that don't do it, but just in the same way, if you'd say, hey, look, you're handling your finances in a 1990s model. It doesn't play here in 2021 so well. The talent thing is uh, it's every bit as important. So um, I, 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 I thank you for raising this, Pat. And it, maybe it's something that you know, your vast network of uh, experts that you have for, through Career Ave and your own personal network of people, maybe we'll have a chance to chat with some of them and see if we can uh, try to help keep evangelizing the good word for how companies need to get on top of this. That would be great, Bob. And I appreciate the offer because I do think in, you know, your and my personal networks, there are other people out there that have huge pieces, maybe single components of this or, you know, other perspectives, but we'd lo I'd love to be able to certainly introduce uh, other guest speakers into this to talk more about this topic. And I'll try to your point to kind of put something down in a, in a, in a, chronology around the cradle to grave approach and, and see maybe how you and I might be able to put that out there in the marketplace. And if you're, if you do that, you know, we could, we could certainly publish that as an article on, on Cloudwars. I think it's uh, but you know, however that that's put forward, I think it seems kind of enormously important today. And I'm not saying what you've described is easy, but the way you laid it out is simple. It's clear. It's directed straightforward. And I think once any, reasonable person sees that because they say oh that makes perfect sense of course that's what we should be doing and i i imagine a lot of people say well we are doing that aren't we and then then as they dig in and look they're going to find out no they aren't right the gaps. Just gaps. they have the pieces but they just don't have them all tied together yeah yeah i think that's a i think my mother made that point to me a number of times you know the pieces are there boy you just haven't tied them together so uh <laughs> anyway this rings a bell with me <laughs> Thank you, Bob. I appreciate the, the, the opportunity to talk about this. As you know, you know, we both love this marketplace and I just, you know, I so enjoy what I do and, you know, would love to be able to, as, as we are now, we are consulting to a couple of clients on this exact topic and we certainly are seeing more of the interest. Uh, but I do know that, you know, to be able to, uh, to put that out into the marketplace and, you know, really help benefit other companies from it, I think would just be wonderful for us to do. 
Sure. And Pat, just quick before you go, please tell everybody where they could, you know, see what you're doing at your company right now before you even get into this, you know, expanded uh, uh, formula. Great. Uh, my company is Career Ave. Uh, Career Ave, C A R E E R A V E dot com. Um, my business partner, Mark Hatfield, and I uh, are doing the consulting together because he brings the operational side, I bring the the, the, the strategic side. And uh, we actually have a, a very interesting growing business in the consultancy beyond our executive search and RPO business. Um, and thank you, Bob, for uh, as always inviting me into this conversation. No, Pat, it's, uh, you, you bring a lot of uh, insights and good perspectives that I think everybody, every company wants to understand these days if the, if the war for talent is going on, and it is. Uh, it is. It's not going to be any fun to be on the losing end of that. Yeah, it's huge right now, and I think it's only going to get busier this year, for sure. Well, Pat, thanks so much. It's a pleasure speaking with you and uh, look forward to next month and maybe some collaboration we could be doing in the meantime. Super. Thank you, Bob. Pat, thanks a million. And thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live as spring warms up and we start, uh, you know, thinking about what can happen over the summer. Hope things going great for you. Pat will be back next month to talk more about the significance of talent and recruiting in today's fast-paced world. See you soon.